Welcome back to another episode of Don't Let the Disability Fool You. Hey, I'm your host, Domo Jones, and you are listening to. Uh, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Mark, what up, though? Hello there. How are you, how, my friend? How are you? Let me tell you, I missed you. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> I missed you too. Our conversation was too short. I know. It's all good though, because we back. Yee yee, we, we in the house back. today. Hey. <laughs> Yo, let's get into it. Mark, tell us your story. Start from the beginning. We wanna know. We wanna know. All right, let's get right into it. Well, hello everybody. My name is Mark Medina and I am a professional sign language interpreter and brain surgery survivor. I also live with a couple of invisible disabilities and here I'm here today to educate y'all on what is the life of me. (laughs) (laughs) So I was actually not diagnosed with my condition, which is called Arnold Chiari malformation. I wasn't diagnosed until I was about 17 years old, unfortunately. Uh, My particular condition uh, was not so widely known about nor educated, uh, taught about. So unfortunately, they missed that. And my parents, you know, not blaming them at all. They did the best that they could, had no idea. Uh, So here I am as an adult trying to navigate my life and wondering why my entire childhood, I was always in pain. I always Mm -hmm. had this headache, this migraine. I didn't really know what it was. I just, I thought it was normal to go to sleep and wake up Mm -hmm. in pain and discomfort. Mm -hmm. And my family and teachers, friends, they all kind of wrote it off as me being lazy, me just being a complainer. Oh, he's just complaining. That's just, that's just who they are. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know any better. I thought, okay, well, this is just me. So I navigated life with pain, not knowing anything else. And then, unfortunately, one evening, I was spending some time with my family. I had a, an episode, a really bad migraine that escalated to some, some convulsions and where my parent, my dad, was unsure what to do. So he just quickly rushed me, a 17-year-old son just picked me up and rushed me to the emergency room, had no idea what to do. And while I was in the ER, Fortunately, I had gotten a CAT scan done and the ER doctor, who was not a professional neurologist, didn't study anything uh, brain related. He was just a a general physician who was working the ER. He noticed Mm -hmm. something different on my scan. He said, hey, do you know you have this condition called Chiari? Now, I'm not going to say that this is maybe the reason what led you in here today, nor can Mm -hmm. say that this is the reason why you've been feeling the way you have, but I noticed something interesting on your image and you might want to bring that up with your neurologist. So I said, okay, I, I don't know what that is, but sure. So I took this information to my neurologist. They quickly said, okay, let's run some tests. That was something that we didn't even conclude. Let, let's let's investigate. So mm-hmm. here, here I am again, after years of seeing doctors and having tests done on me and them telling me all these different things that made no sense. I'm going under more testing and I'm just like at my limit. I don't want to do this anymore. Right. Then the results come out. I had Chiari. And I was like, okay, cool. We got a name for what's been going on in my life. Now, what do I do? And they're like, right, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, well, it says here, nothing. 
And I'm like, what? Wait. What do you mean? What? Yeah. I was like, what, what are you talking about? And they said, well, unfortunately, your condition presently isn't treatable. There's no pill. There's no uh, surgery. Mm-hmm. There's there's really nothing that can uh, take away what you are experiencing. Now, there is a surgical procedure called a decompression where they can go in and do some stuff and it might help or it might not in fact, Mm-mm. there's kind of three options the way this might go. The the doctor told me, you either will ha- undergo the procedure, you'll wake up, and you'll be symptom-free. You'll live a very healthy and happy life, and everything will be good for you. Or you'll have the procedure, you'll wake up and go, oh, well, <laughs> that didn't help at all. I'm, symptoms are still existent. They are not progressing, but they're still existent. So I, I guess this is it. This is what it is. Or... Your third option will be it could the outcome could be quite negative and the opposite of what we're expecting. And in fact, it might flare up your symptoms and you might be mm-hmm. in a more severe case uh, than you were when you went under the knife. So I was like, mm-hmm. whoa, I, right. I, I'm 17, yo. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know if yeah. I want to go through this right now. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm a baby. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I decided to kind of veer away from natural medicine and I yeah. just lived a, a holistic lifestyle for years and and then I found out later that there was a, a treatment that they were exploring in Nevada and they had interviewed a patient who also had Chiari and her herself had experienced symptom relief and a dramatic positive change in her life once she started going down this avenue so I Mm -hmm. contacted her right away got in connection with her shared resources and now this person is actually a really really good friend of mine Um, and I'm really thankful for this person they've been able to teach me and enlighten me uh, about different things that about my Mm -hmm. condition that I didn't know I thought I was the only one in the world who had this condition and here I am I met somebody else her name is Paula Medina ironically we have the same last name but no relation I was like is that your sister yeah right (laughs) shout out to Paula Um, but yeah she 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 just explained a lot of some alternative holistic treatments that really helped mm-hmm. me progress forward and, and live a more comfortable lifestyle until, uh, unfortunately, I did reach a point where my symptoms did overcome my own health and uh, I it led mm-hmm. me to having three strokes. And then um, I decided mm-hmm. I'm done. Let's, let's go through with the procedure. This is getting really bad. So I had the decompression yeah. procedure done last year in March and I am living life to the fullest now. I've regained mobility in all of my limbs since the three strokes. Mm-hmm. Luckily, no permanent damage, no cognitive permanent mm-hmm. damage. Uh, unfortunately, I was left with some blindness in my left eye. And every once in a while, I get kind of a weak, weak, some weak limbs every now and then. But mm-hmm. ultimately, I'm thankful that I did go through with the procedure. I was one of those. Uh, I-, I feel like I've reached that middle option that they or that middle category yeah. that my symptoms didn't go away because unfortunately I still have permanent neuropathy nerve damage throughout all of my limbs and intestines um, but mm-hmm. also the headaches that I have have dramatically decreased in their severity of pain but I'm still mm-hmm. experiencing headaches and migraines they're just not as bad and they're not they're not as intense 
and the duration is a lot shorter. So I'm I'm very happy yeah. to say that. Unfortunately, other patients may not be experiencing the same outcome as I have. So mm-hmm. I, I am still optimistic and, and happy with my lifestyle and, and the medical treatments that I did undergo, even though I was, yeah. it was horrible. I was in the hospital for 30 days, a month before, Ooh. it was about 28 days before they considered even transferring me. I had to have the last stroke in the hospital for the doctors to go, oh, okay. Wow. They kept saying I was a hypochondriac because the condition itself is so rare. It, it mimics other conditions. So they're like, oh, he's faking it. And so I got a lot of unfortunate uh, negative view on my yeah, treatment. Kind yep. of taste, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was just, it was a hard. That's crazy. Yeah. And, <clears throat> And feeling isolated and alone because nobody in the world understood what I was going through. My partner, whom I've been with for over four years, he saw what I was going through and just couldn't take Mm -hmm. it. So he took it upon himself to contact an organization. It's a Chiari organization that specializes in in this condition and uh, similar other neurological conditions. And he became Mm -hmm. an ambassador for, a medical ambassador for persons with Chiari and he could be their medical advocate if they're having issues and he registered became an advocate and then came in as my advocate no longer as my partner yeah so that yeah, really yeah. helped a lot too and and with the transition and oh okay there's there's actual professional people in the room rather than these people who are just saying have no practice in medicine and have no expertise or anything that are just right. oh, he's sick and he needs treatment but they're denying everything so it was very helpful i'm glad that he uh, you know, w- went through that process and received the the credentialing that he did to help when I needed yeah. it. So it's been yeah, whew. that's that's amazing. So so my question is, okay, so you were seventeen, right? Mm-hmm. When all this all the heaviness right. occurred. So what was that like at seventeen? Because you know, seventeen we prime, like that's the prime time. <laughs> so what like what did you have to? I guess I would say sacrifice. To living the average teen life because you were going through something so heavy so with my story there is a little different than the average 17 year old and the reason why i say that is right because by that time i had already figured out a profession a, a, a profession that would last me for a lifetime and got into an industry where I had to become an adult and I had to leave that childhood, that phase of being a 17 year old and that, that time I wasn't able to enjoy that Mm -hmm. by choice. I I put that on the back burner and said, I'll enjoy life later. And I started getting into my career as an interpreter and I learned to cope with my pain while working. And that's actually Mm -hmm. what inspired, uh, my, musical portion of my interpreting I actually became a forming arts interpreter as well and I interpret for theatrical performances plays concerts and I even do deafblind interpreting uh, tactile interpreting and PTASL for deafblind so they can have also an enriched experience while at a concert or at a play or something like that yeah so I I chose to when I'm in discomfort and in pain I play music and I start Mm -hmm. to interpret and I start to sign and that's my way of coping with my pain that's your coping mechanism yeah i I have no other way of de-stressing of managing the pain i've tried medicine uh over-the-counter medicine prescribed medication injections uh massage acupuncture there's a lot of i mean 
I've tried so much different treatments and options that yeah. have just failed me. But for some reason, if I put on some really good music and I just get really, mm-hmm. I get real just lost into the music, I'm able to kind of just yeah. bear with it. Although that only works, unfortunately, maybe about like... 15% of the time, if I'm lucky, uh, the the migraines themselves become light sensitive to where I usually wear sunglasses for 90% of my day. Yeah, because of like, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's, mm-hmm. since the strokes and everything, it's become so bad where if I'm not wearing sunglasses, I'm in a lot of discomfort and I'm squinting my eyes and I'm not yeah. very engaged. I'm looking away. I'm sh- kind of shielding myself and, and trying to manage yeah. the pain that I'm experiencing. Uh, so I keep my house dark. And so it's a, a different experience experience for me so kind of bringing it back to as right. a child I just learned to cope because hey I'm an adult and all my life I didn't know I mean I told my parents I didn't feel good and they were like oh you're lying you're making it up because they didn't know any better right. nobody knew <laughs> about my condition yeah so I just I coped yeah. feeling like I was gonna pass out and black out and having these massive migraines while having to do physical labor even playing as a child I didn't play outside I didn't go outside and play with my friends and I didn't do any of that stuff I was an indoor mm-hmm. kid because I, I hurt I hurt so much and walking sometimes was yeah, painful yeah. on the joints and I didn't know why and now I found out that I have uh, EDS a joint uh, mobility hypermobility issues and so and I didn't realize mm-hmm. that so here I am now as an adult 31 years of age and I'm I feel like I'm older than what I really am I can't go outside if it's too cold I can't yeah. go outside if it's too dark I can't do this I can't do that and yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah. it's and a lot of like I said a lot of people don't understand that especially having a condition neurologically that you can't tell you can't see you know my scar is not huge enough to tell that I've had yes. brain surgery so if I'm having a, a mobility issue and I'm invoking the placard that was issued to me by my physician and the DMV there's always people who give me these looks because I look like a passable yes. mobile healthy individual yes. and I'm just like y'all don't know nothing y'all ain't never seen y'all my know. history and my know. medical records it's two file cabinets Listen. <laughs> like you don't even know <laughs> right oh my gosh I when I say I agree I agree to that 138,000% because listen, they don't understand when we have our placards either either on our either on our mirror or on our license plate and we looking like we thank you. I'm glad that you see us that we looking bomb, but let me tell you. Check mm-hmm. talk to my doctor. Mm-hmm. Talk see see my medical record number because all the stuff that's on my list um, you'll still be reading it mm, ten years mm, later. Mm. Still, you can't you can't be judging still books be by its cover. I may look ably able bodied, sure but you don't know what's going on, you know. And and sometimes I, as an interpreter, yep. we use not just our hands to communicate. It's a whole body experience from your yeah. eyebrows to your shoulders to your whole body, what's, how it's positioned, and then you know your hands and arms. So with that comes a lot of physical fatigue and stress on the body and that yes. on top of having being in a yes. car driving to all these jobs or doing this or doing right. that like right honestly i can't even it take out no the joke. trash at the end of the day and that's kind of to me i'm a 31 year old who can't even take out the damn trash and i'm like asking my boo hey babe can you right. take out the trash it's because i can't lift it it's too heavy <laughs> yeah <laughs> some days i can't even no open joke. the pepsi container i'm For like kind of and i can't even get it to open like it's I'm, no joke i have no strength anymore yeah. sometimes like 
so it, it's challenging. Yeah, it's it's definitely no joke. How how in the world? Okay, so the 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 simple fact that you overcame three strokes that's that's amazing in itself one is a lot two okay that's stretching it but three is like wow and then not only did you overcome three strokes you're still a sign language interpreter so that all that automatically beats the odds but how did your strokes affect you if any did it affect you physically so i still have the blindness in my eye the left eye and I was also left with some, uh, like my body is not, sometimes it just doesn't want to function. My knees give out, my legs give out. Um, I just, the weakness kind of takes over too sometimes. And that's all neurological. Yeah. And then the, uh, I, uh, at the beginning, the first, I want to say like two months, I had severe word dissociation and I wasn't working because it was, I was too nervous. It would impact the job. So I had severe word dissociation. Mm-hmm. I was saying one thing, but it, it the conceptually, it made sense, kind of. Like, you're, okay, I get that, it makes sense. But the words were not yeah. out at, at all. Like, uh, for example, I wanted yeah, to yeah. go upstairs and get something out of the bathroom, you know, whatever. And when I would try to produce that, mm-hmm. what it would come out as, in my mind, I thought I said, what I just spoke. However, when it would come out, mm-hmm. it'd be more like, oh, do you mind uh, going up the hill? I need you to, uh, you know, and it was something weird, like up the hill. Like, wait, what? Like, why? What do you mean yeah. you want me to go up the hill? Right. And it's like, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I need you to go up, right. um, right. up, um, up, uh, and they're like, upstairs. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, upstairs. You know what I meant? So it was, I could uh, not get yeah. it out. And I was, confusing those concepts and yeah upstairs yeah up the hill okay I get the spatial understanding I get I get that so I was having some yeah that was a, a real issue I was I thought I was saying one thing but truly something else was coming out and in my mind it all made sense I'm like you guys are crazy but in my mind now I, they actually um, because I knew sign language I, I requested them to have to to bring out a specialist to examine me via stroke as if I was a deaf person and the reason why I was going down that way was if a person has a stroke, it impacts one portion of the brain, either the left or the right side of the brain or wherever it right. hits. Now, from a hearing person's perspective, a spoken language person's perspective, if it hits that part of the brain, whether it be the left or right, and it impacts your ability to speak, your speech, that's when they say, uh-huh. yes, the stroke was severe, blah, blah, blah. That's, you know, that they're able to gauge that in their tests. Sometimes... It doesn't impact them that way or that severe or even at all. And their speech is not impacted. So when I was evaluated, they thought they did it via speech. They thought that I was fine. They thought, oh, yeah, no, no, no. It It was no big deal. However, a nurse friend of mine was like, no, 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 you know two languages, Mark, you need to have them assess your sign language. That's a that's the other part of the brain. So if one side didn't get hit, what if the mm-hmm, other side mm-hmm. did? So I'm like, that's a really good point. So I brought that to their attention. They fought me right. again this entire month. They were fighting me, fighting me, fighting me. And then finally they gave in and a specialist came in of my choosing uh, through an agency that I work with specializing in, in services for the deaf. Uh, this person came in, did an evaluation mm-hmm. and said, hey, guess what? You guys missed a boatload of things. And they're like, what do you mean? And this person wow. says, look, 
this Mark is experiencing blindness in his left eye. Oh, he's not blind. And well, you guys can't tell that because you don't know his range of vision. Now that he's using sign language, his vision yes. is severely impacted. And they're like, oh, oh mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. That's not a normal test that you would do, you know, for, for someone who speaks in, in my type right. of position. And then they said, he, he's got yeah. severe word association that's coming out in his signs. And they didn't pick up that until I actually started to sign. Then they were like, oh, oh, the language. Oh, oh, okay. Now we notice that there's an impact in language, but it was the sign language. It was the other part of the brain. So that's how they were able to discover, oh, yeah. oh this was worse than what we thought. So I had to do some therapy and, you know, I, walking was not fun and learning how to, you know, bathe myself all over again. And, you know, the assistance that I was yeah, needed yeah. to just do everyday activities. I couldn't even pour me a glass of milk, mm-hmm. like little things that you, you think <laughs> you take advantage of. And, you know, I was on bed rest for yes. 30 days. So yes. my legs were kapooped. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It was done. Tapped out. Tapped out. Well, so what is the biggest misconception of someone with your with your a lot condition. of people, doctors, unfortunately, uh, can misdiagnose our conditions with similar neurological mm-hmm. conditions, and that's the biggest thing right now because the lack of proper education and training for these physicians is leading to misdiagnosis uh-huh. uh, for these patients, and that's. I mean, I understand this is the practice of medicine, and I recognize that. So in recognizing that, yeah. I, I do feel it's my part to like educate people and say, hey, yes, this does mimic other conditions. But when you hear hooves, you shouldn't automatically think horse. You should think zebra. You should think cow. Right. You should think all these other things that have hooves instead of thinking of the one yeah. thing. Because I was given medicine for MS. Right. I was given medicine for uh, all these other random things that mm-hmm. weren't connected uh, to me uh. at all. Uh, granted, though, some of the medication they gave me had some, like, underlying benefits because, like, the nerve damage that I was experiencing. So that kind of helped. But, like, it oh, wasn't yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah. This, this goes back to the practice of medicine. They were like, right. hey, this is for this. But, oops, it kind of helped for this. Like, <laughs> so right. that right. that and <laughs> the fact that each person who has the condition, the severity on its own for, for each of us is different. Uh, the surgery and the decompression procedure that I underwent not everybody does and mm-hmm. of some of the patients that do who have gotcha. PR and do have the procedure maybe they're living great lives and their success stories so people just think oh you know that's for everybody and it's not or people like me they think well you're not getting any worse right. I'm like you're right I'm not getting any worse my quality of life has improved it's just not going to get any better like I'm going to have to go in for right. like replacements of joints and things quicker than you would ever even think of and you know right <laughs> who knows exactly. how long <laughs> my mind my brain our Chiari brains can survive being stressed so much because like having the headaches and all that stuff like yes that's, that's not normal so being beat up all the time eventually it's gonna give way and it's gonna be probably I assume I have no concrete evidence or anything I just assume it's probably going to be uh, more closer than another a a natural person's expiration you know oh yeah hands down I definitely agree Um, I I definitely will say that um, more people need to more people need to be aware of the diversity of 
this is not just one thing that because it's common it's a common it's a common ms like everything is not common so i feel like like you said people need to do a little bit more digging like although some of the symptoms not all of the symptoms are the same so because some are different we need Mm -hmm. to look up that Mm -hmm. also why is this different? Why is this not the same as as something that that everyone knows exactly. about? Exactly. I mean, just hear this. I explained that I was having headaches and this and that. Some of the other symptoms, one of the other symptoms that I have, unfortunately, is uh, I would black out and I would lose chunks of my day, portions of time uh, throughout, you know, the week, the day, the, the the month. And and I didn't know what was happening. And the freaky thing was, and this was around 17, 18, when the reason why I went in and had so many studies to try to figure out what was going on because I was severely symptomatic. Mm-hmm. And it turns out I was at that age range where if you had Chiari, you would get severely symptomatic at that time so i was reaching that point i was like well yeah on? and so i was blacking out so i'm telling these doctors i don't know like i i wake up and i do my thing I go to work and all of a sudden i blink literally the amount of time it's microseconds the amount of time it took for me to blink while i was sitting in a work chair all of a sudden I'm home, my legs are propped up, it's dark and I've like just finished eating dinner. And I like lost all of that time. And I'm like, and that's when I was, became coherent, I like to say. And I'm like looking to my partner like, wait, what, 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 what happened? Like, and they're like, what do you mean what happened? We just went to the store, we did this, we came back from, you know, filling in my day. But I'm like, I don't remember any of that at all. So the doctors, wow. they said, oh, one of the doctors said, oh, you have um, uh, multiple personality disorder, dissociative identity, identity disorder, um, because, you know, I'm losing portions of the time. It's it's not that I'm losing portions of the time. It's these other alters that are like taking over and mm-hmm. they're in control at that time. So I thought they was true, like, because I'm losing all this time and I'm like, oh my God, right. there's other things living in me, but I don't hear them. Like, should I hear them if they're, if they're there? Right. Maybe, maybe I have to just listen yeah, or something. Yeah. So I asked friends, family, people who are around when I experienced those episodes and I'm just like, yo, do I, am I different? Do I call myself? If all, all of a sudden I'm, I'm Alejandro or all of a sudden I'm Ricky or what? I, I don't know. Like, who, who, who am I? And they're like, no, you're, you're, you're you. I mean, you right. seem almost like you have, uh, like something's bothering you. You're a little upset. You're very agitated. Um, easy, easy, feel, like, um, okay. uh, you blow up easy. And uh, so we kind of like stay away, but yeah. Like, you don't call yourself anything different. You haven't changed or anything. Like, why? So I'm trying to fill this in. And it's not that, you know, like, oh, my God, had me thinking for a while that I'm yeah. experiencing multiple personalities. And I feel bad for patients who are truly experiencing that. Right. And it was a false, you know, fear. And it's something that I didn't have to experience if this person yeah. had more education. And, you know, so... Again, it goes back to that, you know, we don't know what we know. It's the practice of medicine and it's just my job to educate. Thus, here I am spreading the word of Kiari to my, everyone who is listening here. And I wish you could see me now. I have my multicolored shawl on and I am sitting here with a candle lit and I'm excited to be here with everyone. 
It's the whole mm-hmm. vibe. Because this it's is how I chill. Vibe. It's it's dark because my yep. head is hurting. So yep. it's dark and I'm just chilling. Serenity. Yep. I'm all about I wish I could light an incense, but sure. unfortunately that's, that will trigger some more issues. So <laughs> I'll just cuddle with my dog. I got my right. dog yeah. here to no, come with my company. I totally get that. So what would you tell someone that is dealing with um, a condition that they just don't know the answer to like and they kind of you know you, you kind of feel don't like defeated up. I know that sounds so cliche and something that maybe everybody and you may have heard this before but maybe you weren't ready to hear it maybe you weren't just mm-hmm. ready to accept that don't give up because I, I almost did mm-hmm. I left actual medicine and doctors and, and I said no none of this I'm going to uh, essential oils and you know different holistic treatments acupuncture yeah. and you know that type of stuff and it helped me but I was at the point of giving up I was ready I was done and I said no let's try this and I tried something different and it helped me mm-hmm. it led me to a new new awakenings and things that I, I didn't realize would help me yeah. and that benefited my life so if you are right now experiencing something that you just are overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn, just take a moment to breathe, take a breath and say, all right, because right now we're not dealing with that. Right now we're listening to the story. Right now we're just chillaxing. We'll deal with that tomorrow because I'm not going to give up. And if I'm not giving up, Mark hasn't given up. Nobody here has given up. That means I'm not giving up. So tomorrow, I'm going to try something different. And you know what? Mark said some things in here maybe that I heard that I thought, hmm, I'll try that. Maybe I'll look into some acupuncture. Maybe I'll look into some massage therapy or something like that. Go shopping. Shopping is also therapeutic. Go buy yourself a fancy shawl like I did. I feel so happy and I feel so just glad to be here so don't (laughs) give yes i love that do not give up please don't and speaking of giving Mm. speaking of not giving up i just want to say congratulations on your certificate of completion like Hawaii. Yes, yes, yes. That is something that I ventured into. I started taking on learning uh, Hawaiian sign language as unfortunately it is a dying language. So I'm trying to help with preservation. I I love that. And I'm going to tell y'all, I seen, okay, wait, wait, let's let's just back up. So when (laughs) we first did our pre-interview, right, I was like, okay, he's talking with his hands. But it's not just talking with his hands. Like, he's making conversation with his hands. But I don't want to think, like, <laughs> I'm tripping. But am I tripping? But he's talking. But you're talking with your hands. But how? What? And then then when you said, yeah, I'm going to interpret. I said, come on. Okay. I know <laughs> this whole time that I've Let's been go. speaking to you guys, I have Let's been very go. animated with my hands. It's just, I've been doing this for so long. It's just who I am. My partner is hard of hearing. So we are assigning household and our service animal caters to serving uh, hearing, you know, needs and things. So it's just, that is who we are. That's who I am. I love that first off because you already have a condition that you deal with but to actually go and do a and study and help other people with other conditions that just shows where your heart is and that's like huge and not only that you're not just you're not just um you're not just doing great in one (laughs) one type of sign language 
you're being diverse with deaf it. blind and that's amazing uh american sign language international sign language hawaiian sign language i am just doing what i can to help better my the world if you never know one day uh, i could go in and interpret for somebody who may have my condition and it may you know be the bridging gap for yes. somebody's life Yes, that is like a super amazing. So, do you have like okay? I, I just want to know how like how it goes. So, how do you find people with certain types of the languages or the um, sign languages? Well, that you it, know? it depends on the area that you live in personally. If you live in an area that you could just simply Google it, honestly, that's the best resource. Google your area, deaf community okay. and, you know, ASL community, sign language community, things like that. And you will be surprised to find there will be these deaf socials or these deaf events where you can go and you can meet these amazing individuals because they're just like any other people that you would meet on the bus or on the street. You know, you have these amazing connections with people. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, you can learn a whole new language in the process be a part of a whole different culture a rich culture that is so amazing so what is the most i guess i would say in your area what's the most common sign language uh, american that sign language that's the, the, the most common across the board around the states right now american sign language there's a uh, could be a splash of other sign systems uh it just it's regional as well and it all depends on where the the individuals have migrated from to you get a splash of other uh signs from other countries and dialects from other areas because obviously people migrate to different areas and that they bring along their own language and rich culture as well and i myself yeah. on a daily basis did not sign pure american sign language it's a whole mixture of like american sign thrown in with some international sign thrown in with gesture thrown in with some c sign which is like signing exact english and it's a it's a whole different combination i throw mm -hmm, in some mm -hmm. hawaiian signs because like some american signs there's no signs for those but other countries have created signs for those so i borrow those signs and i insert those into yeah. the conversation so there is sign and, and context behind it so i'm like this whole weird unicorn mixed with all these different language modes <laughs> <laughs> that's so dope though i mean i guess that's the i guess that's the beauty of knowing of having a diverse um a diverse uh sign language that you know because you can intertwine stuff that may not be in one in one department like you can be like oh no but i know something else that that can and you never so I think that's like I was just going to say you never know Are who you, you might meet oh, go ahead, within go ahead. that signing community there might be just that one person right. who ha knows the other sign system that you may know at the same and finally there's that another in more intimate connection now like not only do we know the same sign system that everybody yes. does here but we have an internal connection now with that deeper of that additional sign system that we can have and that means we can have our own secrets that nobody here in this entire group will be able to tell and right. it's a lot more of a connection that you can have with people and you know the deaf blind community too a lot of individuals think that if they're deaf and blind it's like oh well, they can't do anything and it's like oh the deaf blind community is so rich <laughs> right yeah right that's so true i love that i think that's like super i love i love watching people sign are you um are you planning on 
like learning more well, diverse yes. languages that would be the ultimate goal is just like you would see those interpreters at the UN who know like 15 different spoken languages because you know they interpret for all these different situations yeah uh, i would like to be as sign diverse as well and know multiple sign systems i, I think i know a healthy amount for my current time um and i think uh, later on i could definitely mm -hmm. acquire more sign systems as a lot of them are quite similar the hawaiian sign system is actually similar to british sign language bsl so the two i might be able to pick up bsl very wow. quickly knowing that the signs have some similarities yeah yeah that's amazing So we want to know what's next. Like, so what's next for presently, Mark? We just want to know. I have yet to achieve national interpreter certification status. So I actually this month of December, and I'm taking the first portion of the national interpreter certification process, and hopefully sometime 2021, I'll obtain. Uh, the national credential. I currently have some state uh, exams and state certifications under my belt, but I want to reach ultimate national level. So I'm working on that now and you never know. You might see me standing up there next to President Biden. <laughs> hey, <laughs> let's go. That's the goal. Listen, if you do that, I'm be like, how are you knowing? I know. <laughs> That's, my That's my friend. That's my friend. Right, shout out to the homies. Yo, Mark, thank you so much again for being on the show. Like, I definitely appreciate it for taking your time out, even when you're not even feeling that well, you know, but you're I still pressing. Like, that's the cause. I am here for you. It is a pleasure that's, that's and an extreme up. honor. Thank you very much. Yo, I yes, just want to know: uh, Are you ready for the question, though? Yo, all right, all right, all right. Here it goes. Would you rather live permanently on a roller coaster park or in a zoo? Zoo. So, like, with my zoo? condition, I can't, like, bump my head or else I could die. So, amusement park is, like, already out of the question. Okay. But <laughs> I would still enjoy yeah. the amusement park for all the food. Trust right. Me. And the people mingling, yes. However, for the sake of the question, zoo. <laughs> Ooh. Catch me chilling with the zebras. Catch me chilling with okay. the lions. Okay. Like, rawr. Okay. Catch me chilling with the monkeys over there okay. scratching my head. Okay. Mm. Okay. Catch me. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so let's break it down. Which zoo would you prefer? LA or San Diego? Um, Ooh, LA and San Diego? San Diego. San Diego. San Diego. San Diego. Yes. San Diego. I know. San Diego? Okay. Yeah, San Diego. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm feeling it. I love it. I love it. Thank you again for being on the show. I definitely appreciate um you break I I I'm just I'm just grateful. I'm grateful that you came on. I'm grateful that you were able to share your story. Um I think your story is amazing. It's very powerful. And what you're doing for the community and other people is very powerful. And I can't wait to see more. Forever, like, friends. We're friends forever. Yes. I really want Thank you to know that. You. Oh. Thank you. Forever it was an extreme pleasure and honor again. Thank you so much. And everyone who is listening out there, thank you for your time and attention. I greatly appreciate it. And if you see me out in the town waving my hands around, I'm probably working to say, hey. 
And also, don't forget. Hey. <laughs> Do not give up. You heard it. You heard it from Mark. Don't give up. You are listening to Don't hey. Let the Disability Fool You. Hey. I'm your host, Domo Jones. Bye. Until next time, we out. <laughs> <laughs>